What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. The second half is about to begin. We're going to start with the American League second half preview. That's what this episode is all about, division by division. I'm going to bring on Jake and Jordan of Cespedes Family Barbecue and talk about who's going to be in and who's going to be out of the playoffs. But we are back in studio. The All-Star Game was a blast, and it is time to focus on the second half. So let's get to it. Let's go. He swings and it's a high fly ball, deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge bat flip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. I know it's only been like five days since I've been in studio, but it feels like a lifetime because everything that has happened in between was life-changing, memorable forever, memories I'll have forever. And I hope you all that saw appreciated everything we were able to bring to you and and get at All-Star Game from everything, the Home Run Derby, the Red Carpet, Media Day, and then, of course, the All-Star Game. If you haven't, check out the post-All-Star Game show. Did a full recap of the entire week. It was incredible. Got to talk to Shohei Otani. Got to talk to my brother on the red carpet. We heard from Hall of Famers, John Smoltz, Frank Thomas, A-Rod, Big Poppy, and the biggest all-stars in the game. You hear from all of them, and it was just a blast, and I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did because it was truly truly an all-star game that I will remember forever, and it was an absolute blast. But right now, it is time to set our sights on the second half. It is here, It is upon us, and this episode, we're going to be talking about the American League second half preview. Now, where I want to start here is go division by division, and I want to talk about the AL East. So let's preview the AL East. The Yankees are going to win. The end. (laughs) The Yankees are the best team in baseball, and they have been all year. They sit at 64-28 and with a win percentage just south of 700 and they're only there because they kind of scuttled into the all-star break if you will losing a series to the reds and just it was a little bit of a struggle there coming down the stretch before the before the all-star game but they're sitting at 64 and 28 13 games ahead of the second place team 13 games ahead now you might think wow everybody else in that division they got no shot Well, there's a realistic chance that four teams in the AL East could make the playoffs. There's a realistic chance of that. Now, the Rays are in second place. They're 13 games back. The Blue Jays are 14 and a half games back. The Red Sox, 16 and a half games back. And what? The Baltimore Orioles are 46 and 46, sitting at 500 at the All-Star break. Unbelievable in itself. But what I want to talk about with the AL East is, yes, the Yankees are going to win this division. Three teams are going to make the playoffs from the AL East. It will not be four. It will not be two. And it will not just be the Yankees. We're going to see three AL East teams in the playoffs. That's my prediction here. I'm going to say the Tampa Bay Rays and the Toronto Blue Jays are the two teams that make the playoffs out of the AL East. Now let's take a look at the AL wildcard standings just to get a grasp for where they are because in the division, no shot. 
But let's look at the wild card. You got the Rays and the Blue Jays and the Mariners all tied for that top spot. So as of right now, the Rays and the Blue Jays would be in. I like that to stay the case. I think when it comes to the division, Yankees are going to win. But I like for the Rays and the Blue Jays to stay the course. I think the Jays are going to get better than they were in the first half. They've been through a lot. They've been through a managerial change. They've been through Vladimir Guerrero Jr. not hitting as well as he normally does. They've been through some pitching pitching issues. They've dealt with a lot. This team is talented, very talented. It's why I had them in the World Series. I believe in them. I believe they make the wild card. When it comes to the Rays, I've just learned never to bet against them. That's the key with the Tampa Bay Rays. Just never count them out. Never bet against them. And what they've done this year throughout injuries and Wander Franco being injured. And, you know, he's a superstar. And when he was playing, he wasn't as good as we know he will be and can be. But then there's the injury and they've been without him. I mean, you just look all around and this team has been dealing with so much and they're still 51 and 41. That is remarkable in its own right. The Tampa Bay Rays are going to get in the playoffs, and if you're ever betting against them, you should really reconsider doing that. So that's what I'm looking at here in the AL East. Yankees winning, and three teams total in the AL East are going to make the playoffs, which means I have the Boston Red Sox not making the cut. The Red Sox currently sit at 48 and 45, just a game and a half ahead of the Baltimore Orioles, they scuttled into the all-star break three and seven in their last 10 Chris sale, poor Chris sale. This is just getting to the point where you just feel flat out awful for the guy, whether you love him or hate him, whether you like the Red Sox or you hate the Red Sox, you just feel terrible for Chris sale gets hit with a comebacker the other day, breaks his pinky finger. He walks off the field with his pinky finger looking like a a paperclip that was bent in half. It was awful. And now who knows how long he's going to miss, but it was on his left hand. So obviously he's left-handed. That was not pretty, and that will not be good for them. Pitching, a struggle. We all talk about the offense of the Boston Red Sox, but has that really been elite? The top half of their lineup is, but the bottom half doesn't do much damage at all. It's a struggle there for the Red Sox, and I don't believe they're going to get into the playoffs. What from that front office has told you over the last few years that they are going to be all in at the trade deadline, and they are going to go out and make the biggest move on the market and improve their team enough to beat the rest of these teams and get into the playoffs? Nothing. Nothing has shown that, and I don't think they get in. But moving on over to the AL Central. Second half preview AL Central. I got a hot take for you. And I wouldn't have even believed myself about two, three, four weeks ago. But the AL Central, the Minnesota Twins, who I actually like, they're sitting at 50 and 44. The Guardians are sitting at 46 and 44. A great story this year. The Cleveland Guardians have been so much fun to watch when nobody expected it. And the Chicago White Sox sit at 46 and 46. 500 baseball. My second half prediction here, and when I preview the second half in the AL Central, watch out for the White Sox. I believe in the White Sox. 
I believe the White Sox win the AL Central. Now, why? Well, there's a few reasons why. The White Sox on paper, and and just to preface, I could care less about a team on paper. You need to show me something. But on paper, the White Sox are clearly the best team. Okay? It just hadn't clicked for them this year at any point. Fast forward to the series before the All-Star break, the biggest series of the year for every team involved, the Minnesota Twins and the Chicago White Sox. This was the series of, hey, you're leading the division. You weren't expected to be this good. You're not supposed to win the division against the team that has underperformed to the point of it almost being embarrassing. They have been so bad. Tony La Russa is not the answer in Chicago. He has just not been good. Say what you want about the clubhouse and whether you think the guys play for him or not. The decisions he has made on the field have just been boneheaded to this point this year. I mean, intentionally walking Trey Turner in a one-two count. I mean, the list goes on here, but he hasn't been very good. I'm predicting the White Sox to win. They win three of four in that massive series against the Twins. They've now won seven of ten heading into the All-Star break. The Twins are going in the opposite direction. They've won three of ten, meaning they've lost seven of ten. So they're going in the opposite direction. The White Sox are finally playing better baseball, but there have been a few points this year where it seemed, hey, the White Sox finally look like they're going to kick it into gear, and then they just let everybody down. This feels different. They played the best team in the division so far in the Twins with Byron Buxton, Carlos Correa. It's a revamped team. Joe Ryan looks to be really good. I would love the Twins to get into the playoffs. I just think this White Sox team is too good and too talented to not figure it out. And up until three weeks ago, I would have said there's no chance. What they're doing is ridiculous. They're not going to fire Tony La Russa because he has the best relationship of all time, apparently, with Reinsdorf. I don't know what's going on there, but they have a great relationship. And despite everybody knowing Tony La Russa probably isn't the best fit there, he's there. And it appears he's there for the long haul. But they've also turned it around and started playing better baseball. I believe in the White Sox. The overwhelming favorite to win the division. The best odds in, the, in baseball to win their division. I like the White Sox and what they've been doing lately. And I think the White Sox take it in the AL Central. And I don't think any other team is going to make the playoffs there. Like I said, I would love to see the Twins. I would love to see the Guardians. But in my second half preview, I think it's going to be the White Sox. And... And I think that's it. All right, so the second half preview in the AL West, this division's pretty easy. The Houston Astros are going to win this division. They finish up the first half at 59-32. and 32. After all of the talk of the New York Yankees in the first half, on a historic pace, the Astros are only four and a half games behind them right now for the first seed in the American League. They've been playing great baseball. They are going to win that division, despite another team, the Mariners, playing really good baseball as well and on the longest win streak we've seen there since 2001. They're 51-42, and but still nine games back. But this division is wrapped up. But to continue talking about it, I want to welcome in some good friends, great writers for us here at MLB on Fox, Jake Mintz. Jordan Schusterman here live in studio with me. Gentlemen, hello. 
Oh, hello, Ben. First off, I need a I need your favorite All Star Game experience from each of you. We both just we're back in studio. We just came back. All Star Game was yesterday. Yes. We'll start with Jordan. What's what, what was your favorite thing? Well, from the whole week, I mean, I got to go back to the Derby. I mean, we're going to talk about Julio, I'm sure, but. What a what an experience for that final to have Pujols with the upset of Schwarber and have a guy literally half his age in Julio be in the final against Soto, who's obviously in the news. It was an amazing. Night. You would pick Julio. Yeah, I would. I'm gonna go with the during intros. There are you know we do the intros every year where you know Jake Mintz and then you wave right and most of them run together. But I will never forget Jazz Chisholm. From yesterday before the game, he wasn't playing. He had the shades on, shades that you usually don't see being worn with a baseball uniform. And it was a very understated hello, just a, I'm cooler than all of you. Thanks for watching. Right back to his mark. I loved it. Loved it. That was really cool. I, I really appreciate that. The glasses he wears is just another level. Mine, sure. in case you were wondering, you didn't ask, yeah. but I'm going to tell you. It's a two-way tie. One, talking to my brother on the red carpet. And my sister-in-law and my niece, really cool moment. And I got the best wave of all time from Shohei, which was really cool for me mm -hmm. because you guys Good eye know. contact. Great eye contact. Yeah. Good. Not like a... <laughs> see it. No. it was like, oh he my was God. Like, been... I know you yeah. were tweeting about me a yeah. lot. Well, we know, he's, we know he's coordinated, <laughs> so I expect a good strong-armed <laughs> wave. That's true. So that's true. just finished up over here talking about who I think will win the AOS, and I don't think that's a hot take, but... Um, First off, I want to get your opinion on the Seattle Mariners before we get into a section that I'm calling playoffs or vacation. Por que no los dos, man? Now, we will get to that soon. But first off, let's stick in this AOS and talk about the Mariners. Jordan, you're a big Mariners fan. They've yeah. won a million games in a row is they what have. I hear right now. They have. So let's talk about them and, um, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, it's really been a, a crazy, a crazy run. Slow start for them. You know, after winning 90 games last year with what felt like a true talent, you know, 76-77 win team, this is a very different experience where the roster looked really good coming into the year, and to have that slow start, it was like, man, this is so disappointing. I mean, they've overcorrected to a pretty amazing degree over the last few weeks, 14 games in a row into the break, but the schedule is about to get a lot harder. They've got the Astros, they've got the Yankees coming up, and it's not even about catching the Astros in the division, it's just about holding your own in this wild card race. But it's a good roster, and their pitching has been really good since Robbie Ray's turned it around. That has really changed a lot, and uh, it's it's a really legitimate pitching staff, and the offense is starting to get healthier. We're gonna see Kyle Lewis you know, and Mitch Hanniger hopefully coming back in the next month, which should only help, and you know, I mean, Julio, we could talk about him all day. He speaks for himself at this point, so. I think they're pretty legit. I think they're going to hang around. And as a fan, it's it's been pretty amazing to watch. It is hard to have any kind of bad Mariners thoughts in your head right now trying to analyze them because we right. haven't seen them fail <laughs> or, you know, literally not win a game in over two weeks. Well, yeah, I mean, when they take the field, you know, on Friday, it'll have been three weeks since they last lost the break the is the worst thing that could have happened to the Mariners. In, in some ways, Crazy yes. Now. But, again, the vibes were still pretty good with Julio this week. So During media day, Jordan, this was great. Jordan asked Ty France if he could remember – the last time they <laughs> lost. And he was like, I know, it was one of those games. Yeah, which, again, you know you're playing well when you literally can't remember. I saw a great tweet on the Twitter machine yeah. recently that said, nine in a row for the American League. Yeah. Not impressed. No. Tell me when you catch 
the Mariners. <laughs> now, that comes from Cespedes Family Barbecue, which yeah. is you guys. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I've started to pick up on this. I believe when it starts with a capital letter, Jake is the one yes. that sends the tweet. There you go. And there when it secrets. starts with a lowercase letter, it is Jordan that sends the tweet. Secret sauce. It's funny and important to, to make that was again. Me. Jake was the one tweeting about the Mariners. That's there. what they, kind of threw me off. Yes. But then I saw the capital. I'm like, no, wait, this was there. You go. He, he's tweet. he's he's riding the wave as well. So I think I think how can you not? And, and look, the, the thing that I've I've already started to realize this year is if this continues, this was even true at the end of last season. The national audience is going to be rooting for them, right? Yeah. Like they are yeah. in the same way that even with the Cubs, to some degree in '60, it was cool to you know be pulling for them, and then as soon as they won, it was quite the opposite. But I really do think most people are going to be rooting for the Mariners. No one stretch. hates the Mariners. Yeah. No fan base wakes up in no, the morning. That's not true, but they, they should. Who, who hates the Mariners? Oh, there's there's some angry, angry, there's angry Indivision fans so that we don't need to mention. We can keep talking about the yeah. Mariners, but I want to get to a segment now called yes. playoffs. Or vacation. Now, you might be wondering, where is this segment going? And that would yeah. be a great question. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now, save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. But just to summarize it, I'm going to give you a team, and you both yeah. individually are going to pick whether the team is in the playoffs come October or on vacation. I got to say, Ben, I think, I think in October you need to maintain, if you do make the playoffs, a, a mindset of being on vacation. Because mm. if you're a playoff team, you don't want to press too hard. You don't <laughs> okay. want to stay you don't loose. You got to play loose. You got to play loose like you're on vacay at all times, dude. So I want to start with the non diehard Mariners fan yeah. here. We'll start with Jake. Mariners, playoffs or vacation come uh, October? Uh, just, give it, just give it to me straight. Playoffs. Oh, okay. Playoffs. playoffs. I have watched a lot of the teams in the American League East. None of them are particularly uh, impressive to me. I think that the Mariners will benefit from getting to play the Angels, Rangers, and A's a lot, whereas all the teams in the East are going to beat themselves up. Mm -hmm. And I think when the dust settles and the you know the chips all fall, the Mariners will be in their first postseason since 2001. Okay. Yeah. Jordan? I, I am definitely starting to get closer to believing. You know, part of me definitely wants to just reverse jinx this as hard as I possibly right can. Right now. And say, no way they're making it. <laughs> no way, because then I'll either be right or way happier. Uh, but I agree. I think, again, like, you just look at the roster talent. It's not like last year where it was smoke and mirrors right. and it was like, oh, my God, are they going to sneak in? They're a really good team. And I think when you compare these other teams that have been much more injured, um, I know they've dealt with their injuries too, I think they are going to sneak in as well. I think they're going to be one of those And teams. I think a big key for them, Lewis and Hanniger coming back. We really forgot how good Mitch Hanniger is. Yeah. I mean, he carried that he team. Was that whole, was he was single-handedly doing it last season. They, he hasn't even been a part of this year. So, Jake, I, I want to—you're writing something or working on something here at Fox with the Mariners involving Suarez. Talk a little bit about that yeah. and this article. So, ahead of today, I was thinking about records. Right, we're halfway through the year, and it's like you know there are some seasons where we have players chasing you know milestones or marks, and we don't necessarily have something that notable and that big this year. But the one that jumped out to me is Eugenio Suarez, the third baseman for the Mariners, is within range of the all-time single-season strikeout. Record. The record is 223 whiffs okay. in a year. It was set by Mark Reynolds, I believe, when he was on the Diamondbacks in 2008. He had a good year that year. He had a he great did. year that year. And this is the thing about this record. 
to have enough plate appearances to strike out that much, the rest of your at-bats need to be really good. <laughs> Suarez has been one of the biggest surprises yeah. for the Mariners this year. And considering he was, you know, in, in that big trade with Cincinnati, it was like they're getting all-star Jesse Winker and then Suarez, oh, they're just taking on his contract, which I always thought was overblown. I mean, again, he came into the year with more home runs than any other player in baseball over the last four seasons. So when he hits home runs, like, yeah, that's what he does, yeah. of course. So I think Suarez is a great player. He's his a defensive great player, third has been good as well. He's a great example of the modern, you know, a yes. lot of strikeouts, a lot of home runs player where he's going to probably finish with 30 homers. And he's probably going to finish with 200 Ks, and that he'll be able to balance both of that, both of those two very, you know, seemingly different things. <laughs> I'm very interested in. Will he make history? I would bet against it. 223 is that's a lot <laughs> of Ks, dude. Long way so to go. my choice for the Mariners is that they are in the playoffs. I'm going to say they are in. I said it before three for three, the year. Baby. I said they were breaking the drought. The drought will be finished. The longest professional drought in American major sports belongs. Mm to the Seattle Mariners. I predicted before the year it would end. I am predicting now that it does end as well. What they did with this team was just too good. Now we're seeing Robbie Ray turn it around. This year has is, is transformed for him. He picked up his two-seamer again. He's been fantastic. I like the Mariners in. Mm. Next team for you Love both. It. Yes. Chicago White Sox. Playoffs or vacation <laughs> So October? So okay. uh, let me first, first say that when I was looking at the standings, I thought they were way farther back. The way that they've been playing, it feels like they're way farther back than three games. Um, and but they're they're right there. They're at 500. That said, vibes opposite of right. Seattle. Now they've certainly dealt with injuries as well. But it has just not clicked. You know, when we looked at this lineup, it was like they're going to be one of the best offenses. And they they have all these great starting pitchers. And you have Lynn out and. You know, Lucas hurt and not quite as good as he has been. Cease has been amazing. He should have been an all-star. Yeah. But the bullpen has been disappointing as well. I do, I do not think they're going to make it. I don't think they're this bad. But I also think that Cleveland being maybe better than expected and Minnesota playing well, I think it's just going to be a little bit too crowded for them. Okay. I would bet against them. I say vacation and not not a great. They're not going to be going into that vacation feeling good. Okay. I'll take vacation. And that's because Tony LaRusa has been on a mental vacation for the last two years <laughs> since he was given uh, leadership of this team. Zero faith. Why would I have any faith in this team to, to make a run down the stretch? Like, yeah. they have not inspired confidence over the first half. There's a, an array of injuries. The front office has not built enough, like, uh, enough depth there for those injuries to, to be re- those players to be replaced. Uh, AJ Pollock hasn't been very good this year. Moncada has been really disappointing. Like you said, Lynn has been hurt. And I'm just like, I look around the division, and I just think Cle- I just think Cleveland and Minnesota are better baseball teams. Yeah. Have, the, the White Sox might have better players. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it seems crazy to write them off because there's just so many other guys that can go on these crazy hot streaks. I mean, Luis Robert especially, right? We thought yeah. he could be blossoming into an MVP candidate. He's been merely good. Um, so maybe we're underselling them considering they're not mathematically that far out of it. But I just, it certainly does not feel like a postseason. So I'm going to switch it up from you guys, and I am going to say that they are in the playoffs. And the reason I think this, and and this is coming fairly recently, but the biggest series of the year to this point for the leader in that division and the White Sox came right before the break. Mm -hmm. Twins, White Sox, four games set. White Sox take three of four. Looks really good in that series. And I think they can use that. I think they can propel. I think now they know. Confidence is huge. They know they can beat them. They know they're the better team. Everyone knows they're the better team on paper. Now, there's a lot to be said about, you know, 
how you play as a team, the yeah. camaraderie in the locker room, how you feel about your manager, which <laughs> can't be great. But at a certain point, I just have to believe. I refuse to believe they're not going to turn it on and be at least the best team in the American League Central. So you're, you're saying you're good. saying they're going to win the division? I am saying they are going to win the division. And again, they're three games back. I think they have a better chance of winning the division than they have of getting in as a wild card. Yeah, because I, the other teams are going to be better. Yeah. The one thing that we haven't talked about with them, their defense is, is, sucks. Is poopy. Bad. And so when we look at like a, a spreadsheet of players' names, we look at their offensive statistics, right? Yeah. But defense matters. I've heard from people that it even <laughs> wins some championships. So make sure you're not overlooking defense with this team. All right, we got two saying vacation and myself saying playoffs. Last one for you guys. Tampa Bay Rays. Mm. We'll start with Jake, playoffs or vacation? I just need to do the math of the teams in my head. <laughs> also, there's so many spots. With three, with three postseason, with three wildcard teams now, it, it really does feel a lot more open. Um, but so many of these teams are so right in that same range. And it's going to be really, really okay, fun yeah. down the stretch. So my heart wants to take Cleveland over them because I really like watching the Guardians play. But I do think Tampa will have enough. They have had just awful luck with injuries this year. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go... With playoffs for them, my three playoff wildcard teams are going to be Tampa, Toronto, and Seattle. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm leaning towards a yes for them as well. Although, again, on paper, I think they're definitely behind Toronto. And I think Seattle, you could say as well. Um, but you could say, I would certainly never say that. Um, but but Tampa, Tampa's so weird. But, like, I, why would I doubt them? You know, it's it's the opposite of some of the other teams in the league where you never believe it because it's like, oh, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll mess it up. There's the famous Sam Miller tweet that's like, love this raise trade. Who'd they get? Who'd they give up? Right, because you know, it just we, doesn't matter. We trust what they do right. at all times. And, and, and now, you know, and some of those moves, for example, recently have put them in a really good position. Isaac Paredes... You know, Harold Ramirez, not necessarily the huge big-ticket free agents that we talk about all winter, but they have saved their season offensively, you know, with Wander out. And so I, I feel like they have a couple moves to make at the deadline, and I trust their front office to, to make those moves, and I do think yeah. Tampa will, will sneak in. Key, I agree with, with those. Yeah, I think teams. the key for them that's been really tough is that Wander hurt, missing a lot of time. T uh, Taylor Wells and Vidal Brujan were two top prospects who a lot of people thought would slot in. They had a lot of middle infield depth, and both of them have really, really struggled at the plate yeah. and haven't filled that role. And so until Wander's back, I do have a little bit of doubts of who's going to play shortstop for them as uh, Willie Adamas uh, is crushing it over in Milwaukee. So I have them in the playoffs as well. And so you both have the same three teams in. So that leaves, and we don't need to spend a ton of time here, but you're both picking the Red Sox, myself as well. To be on vacation. Yeah, I am. October. And and honestly, I'm not sure who I'm picking between Cleveland and Minnesota for the division win. Um, and that that that's tough. I know you didn't ask me that, but like that's that's the <laughs> other that's the other part of this equation here, right? Because that's the other team that is worth mentioning because um, they're still right there too. I, I know we said no to the White Sox, but it's it's really tough. But I, I yeah, Boston. Seeing I don't know. Chris Sales. <laughs> finger <laughs> bent in eight different yeah, directions the other day. That's tough. Yeah. was like, no, thank you. Jackie Bradley Jr. is just well, so visible at the bottom of that lineup. Uh, Dugo's been underwhelming. Like, as, De Devers can only do so much. Yeah, as big as the sale injury is, like, I'm, I'm just concerned about the bottom of that lineup. It's yeah. just not been good this year. Kike Hernandez, potentially the most disappointing player in the entire league yeah. this year. Yeah. Well, there. thank you, fellas, for joining me. Absolutely. Jake Mintz, Jordan Schusterman, 
Cespedes Family Barbecue. These guys are great. Check out their stuff, even though Jake is writing about a good friend of mine, Eugenio Suarez, and how he might strike out. <laughs> no, no, no. Ever, Breaking the get strikeout off the set. record is We're a good thing. Get out of here. We're gone. Breaking We're gone. the strikeout record is a good thing. <laughs> All right, so before I finish up, I want to get now to three players to keep an eye on in the second half. Three players I'm really interested in in the American League to watch the rest of the way. Now, none of these players are going to surprise you. I'll just tell you right now. It's Aaron Judge. It's Shohei Otani. And it's Jordan Alvarez. Yes, shocker, right? But there's my reasons for all of them. First up, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge at the All-Star break has 33 home runs. 33. He's having a fantastic year. He scored 74 runs. He's got 209 total bases. But what I'm interested in is what he's on pace for. At 33 home runs at the All-Star break, now a lot of people consider, a lot of people think of the All-Star break as the exact halfway mark, which in fact that is not true. The exact halfway mark comes a week or two before you even get to the All-Star break. So we are more than halfway through the season. So at 33 home runs, Aaron Judge is on pace for 58 home runs. He's also on pace for 123 RBIs. Now, 58 home runs is interesting to me. 58, an incredible number. You get to 60, and that puts you in elite of elite territory. I'm going to be keeping an eye on if Aaron Judge can get to 60 home runs. He's on pace for 58, which would be the most home runs in a single season by a Yankees player since, you may have heard of him, Roger Maris hit a franchise record 61 homers in 1961. So the franchise record for the New York Yankees is 61. Aaron Judge is in reach. It's not a stretch to say he could break the all-time New York Yankees single-season home run record, which when you start talking Yankees records, you know you're talking something incredible. One way or another, Aaron Judge is about to get absolutely paid. Another guy I'm looking forward to in the second half, Shohei Otani. Yes, offensively in the first half, he didn't put up the power numbers that he did last year, but still hit 258 with 19 homers. Not great at math, but 19, one away from 20 at the, at the all-star break. That's pretty good. 10 stolen bases. I mean, he had a good, for a good not great, first half offensively pitching he had a fantastic first half in his last six starts he's six and zero with a 0.45 era that's not a small sample size in his last six starts six and zero with a 0.45 so what can he do in the second half can he get better pitching i don't think he can get better than the current stretch that he's on. He went over 30 innings without giving up an earned run. But I think he could keep this up. I think he could put up the numbers that we saw in the first half. There were a couple duds in there. The Rangers game comes to mind when he gave up a grand slam to Heim. The Yankees game in Yankee Stadium comes to mind when he was tipping his pitches so they knew it was coming. But other than that, he was really, really good in the first half. So I'm going to look to see if his pitching can stay as good as it has been and if his offensive power can come back to as much as we saw last year. That's going to be interesting to me. But 
As you all know, All-Star Game just wrapped up. I was on the red carpet, spoke to Shohei about him facing each other. Because every show, I talk about his offensive stats and his pitching stats. So I actually got to talk to him about how he would face himself, how he would do. And it was really cool. He said, you know what? I would strike myself out. All I would have to do is throw myself fastballs down the middle. So, of course, in Shohei humble fashion, he says that he, he would strike himself out and all he has to do is throw it down the middle because he's not hitting well, according to him, this year. But he's still got 19 bombs, hitting 258, and his pitching has been incredible. So he could be, he could become the first player to win back-to-back MVP awards since Miguel Cabrera did it in 2012 and 2013. And for all you naysayers out there, I've been saying it all year long, Shohei Otani is the MVP. At Media Day, Aaron Judge was asked about this. And he said, Shohei Otani is the front runner for AL MVP right now. We know I agree, but that was coming straight from Aaron Judge. Next up, my last player for the three that I'm keeping an eye on the second half, Jordan Alvarez. Jordan Alvarez has been the best, the, the best hitter in baseball this year. And I still feel like he doesn't get the credit he deserves everywhere. Maybe it's because he's an Astros player and a lot of people don't like the Astros. But... I don't really know. Jordan Alvarez, since he has come into the league, there's an argument for him being the best hitter in baseball since he has made his debut. That's how good he has been. This year, 306, 26 homers, 60 RBIs, and a 1.058 OPS. Leads all of Major League Baseball in slugging percentage and OPS. It's remarkable what he's doing. He's been the best hitter in baseball. Can he continue to do that in the second half? I don't know, but I'm excited to watch him. I'm excited to see how good he is. I mean, this guy is young. He's still under 25 years old. When we think of young guys in the game of baseball, our mind goes to Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna, Julio Rodriguez, you know, Jeremy Pena, Bobby Witt. But Jordan, who's been doing this for years now, better than arguably anybody else, We forget just how young he is. And it seems like this year, he's hit another level that we didn't even know he was capable of reaching. So, Jordan Alvarez, second half, Shohei Otani, and Aaron Judge. Those are the guys in the American League that we should all be keeping an eye on. But that does it for this AL preview, second half preview episode of Flippin' Bats. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you like, subscribe, wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple. Spotify, Google, anywhere, rated five stars. Also, follow on all social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. It's all at Flippin' Bats Pod. We're also on YouTube as well, where you can watch every episode, everything there you can watch. But that does it for this episode, the AL second half preview, and I will see you next time for the National League. Peace.